Hello, hello, and welcome to Lockdown Guardians. I'm one of your dual hosts, Jeff Ellis with Justin Lada. We have a season in the books, right? A regular season, at least, let's be honest. Before we get into all of that, I want to say that today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. In addition, I want to thank you for making Lockdown Guardians your first listen today and every day, wherever it is you get podcasts. And let's just get into the action. Let's not do a rundown. You probably know who Justin and I are by now, uh, and we'll be telling you all about it every time there's a playoff game because we know our numbers are going to spike that. Let's, let's be honest, Justin. We really want to make sure they know who we are then. But right now, this is the you know, final game of the year. It was an odd year. Again, me being a bad co-host, but I'll just throw it this way. Do you ever recall having this many weather-related issues as they had this year? Nope, not one, especially not one where the the track flooded after a concert. That was a new one. It, was a new, it felt like, I mean, maybe this is just like recency bias, but it felt like more issues this year than like the last two complete season combined. Like 2019 and 21 combined those two wasn't as many rain games as this year. And then if you look at it, it was probably the worst year for that because of the lockout and pushing the season back. Like it was the worst possible yes. thing they could have on their schedule. And that's the thing, like, there are everyone wants to, you know, I didn't put attendance on our thing we we're going to talk about. We talked about yesterday. The attendance numbers came out. Zach Meisel, he does a great job, you know, just threw out that tweet that is like the biggest can of worms opener. And however you want to look at attendance is how you are going to interpret the, the, the attendance this year. You know, if you want to be mad about one thing, you'll look at it that way. If you're upset about the lockout, you'll blame the lockout. If you're upset about the name, you blame the name. If you are maybe a little more reasonable and you're willing to say it's, you know, lockout name four years in a row of cutting payroll, lowest payroll and small, you know, if you look at the all encompassing, like there's th that. And I think honestly, one of the things we probably don't talk about enough. And I don't think we even mentioned yesterday when we discussed this was the Cavs didn't stink for once. So then the Cavs even actually bit into a little bit of the, uh, the guardian schedule as well in a way that it typically doesn't, but enough about attendance. No one likes attendance talk. Let's be honest. <laughs> I don't think anyone tunes in for that. Most people run for the Hills. Let's talk about the last game of the year. Uh, nice tune up for Aaron Savali, Jose Ramirez, four hits. That's what you want to see in this. It's, yeah. I thought it was mildly entertaining. As I was saying beforehand that Jimenez goes over four with three strikeouts. Stephen Kwan goes one for four. Uh, I talked about in yesterday's show, this team has not had has last time they did not have a 30 home run hitter was 2014. Uh, and before that, the previous, they had like a six year gap uh, this with those two guys not hitting 300 this year with the bad games here at the end, really knock them under the last time they did not have a 300 hitter or a 30 home run hitter. Uh, I feel like I'm just spotting these stats right now, just for Hiram who's listening somewhere in the wings. Uh, since I'm talking about two out of three triple crown stats. Uh, let me go into RBIs next, but was 2013. It was Tito's first year. They've always had someone who is in one of those categories who's a little bit higher. And it's interesting because I would also argue this year's lineup is maybe the most complete since um, in Tito's tenure. Yeah. Catcher was a black hole. Yes. Miles Straw was for the most of the year, a black hole, but I mean, we're talking about a team that a year ago had a good chunk of the year with Eddie Rosario hitting four when he just didn't care. Like he was, he signed for a paycheck and nothing else. And it was very obvious yeah, there was issues with Fran Mill. It wasn't perfect, but especially when you look at the end of the year, Will Brennan, what he's doing while batting, you know, in the, the seventh hole. Straw, 
reach base twice. You know, he's up to a, a 221 batting average. There was points in this season where it felt like we would have, you know, done an animal sacrifice to get him up to a 220 batting average. It would have been like the fried chicken in um, major league, right? 564 OPS. Like, yes, not good, but all in all, you look at the team, how, in, you know, did you take anything encouraging from this? I mean, I feel like you kind of have to a Savale, but isn't it just also nice to look at an almost complete lineup? Like there's not a lot of holes. And even today, like Mealy had a good game in spite of catcher still being kind of a question mark. Yeah, I mean, they're not going to count on catcher in the postseason anyway, but I thought it was interesting on the broadcast today that, you know, Andre Smith in the four hole. And I guess Francona didn't like say this is going to be the postseason lineup, but he kind of like threw a wink out. And there was like some kind of like nudge that, you know, this might be a thing they do in the postseason with Jimenez hitting fourth. Of course, he 0 4 today, but he did get hit by a pitch. You know, he had to include that he did get hit by a pitch. That is. He is like uh, Brandon Geyer. Uh, I don't yeah. want to say steroids because that's a hot topic, but um, yeah, I don't know. But <laughs> would, would that be like on, on like chicken nuggets to be like to get hit by a pitch? You probably want to be bigger. He's not a big dude. That's the funny thing. But like, yeah, the, the steroids of, of hit by pitch is chicken nuggets. That's that's my. Dream. Yeah, he shattered the record by like seven, I think. Or I, eight. Yes. Eight. And I will say, I saw someone in our comments on YouTube say, why does everyone keep giving him the record? Geyer got hit 31 times in 2016. Only eight of Geyer's were with Cleveland. The other 23 were with Tampa. So, yes, Geyer did have more in a single season, but they were not with the Guardians. He has the most. He has been hit by more pitches while wearing a Cleveland baseball uniform than any player, just to quantify that. To be fair with rate stats, Geyer was not an everyday player. So the fact that he got hit as much as he did is still amazing. That is the one. St- playing everyday, Jimenez is. That is the one stat, too. That is, like, the stat that is the most transferable for whatever, like, you know, I guess it makes sense. Like it is more a product of how you stand and where you stand and not like, and not getting out of the way of things. But it is funny that like of all stats, that's the one, like you can look at a kid in probably in like high school and be like, okay, but definitely like even college, it translates like that's the one, but I, I don't, I don't know. I have to really go and look. Uh, I, I'm not a big enough stat nerd to say I looked at Andre Jimenez's hit by uh, ball data, but I feel like, if it was going to be this big to set a franchise record, it would have stuck out some. I don't know. It's interesting. But Quan also got hit, so it was a bit of a hit day. Barely, yeah. I don't, I, yeah. In the playoffs, I think they would have challenged if if the Royals cared about this game, they would have challenged that. <laughs> I, you know, and here's the other thing. It's funny that like they're waiting on this Jimenez thing. I mean, I've been screaming. If there's two things I've been screaming from the rooftops this year, they both involve Andres Jimenez. One is uh, move him up in the lineup. Uh, and or, you know, let him play versus lefties. And the second is for him to stop sliding into first base. Like, I'm, it's going to turn into that SNL sketch. But instead about, like, get on the base, it's going to be me screaming about sliding into first base. I mean, so much so I went and found the sports science YouTube video to post to be like, no, there is scientific data that shows this is bad. Can someone in a very smart organization with a lot of analytical people just explain this, please? But yeah, no, I, I liked the lineup, like sign me up for this, like every single day. I'm good with this. Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, for me in an ideal world, it's probably Jose two, Jimenez three, Naylor four, Ahmed five. But yeah. I mean, I'll take this. We know Ahmed's not moving down, so I will take this current lineup. What are your thoughts on this? Yeah, it's fine. It works for me. I mean, Will Brennan, you could hit him second too. I think it depends on, you know, lefty righty. Cause like we talked about Owen Miller probably plays against left-handers uh, definitely better options for hitting too, but 
for what this team's trying to do, like, you know, a med speed and putting the ball in play, I guess it still fits their style. I just, but, you know, I can't help but laugh because of all the double plays. Like, that's all I could be like. It's like, yeah, yeah. he's got speed, but he's also the, the, the DP king. He is the, you know, GIDP king. He just. For all of his speed. Yeah. Well, it's the same. Like, Jose Ramirez led the big leagues in pop ups this year. You know, the weirdness of that. I mean, maybe it changed. Let's put this way. Last time I checked, he was leading. Uh, it's been a week or so, so it, it could have changed. But, yeah, it's, uh, you know, Kansas City is really bad. I, I almost feel bad for that fan base. Um, you know, Vinny Pasquitino is a real fine for them. Bobby Witt was solid if I'm spectacular. Melendez, you know, looks like they've got some players coming together, but they spent, we'll see what Drew Waters can do or waiters can do but it's all those high picks and just not much to show for it i kind of i almost feel bad for the royals but then they have a recent world series so i guess can't feel too awful for them as a team and they have great ownership so give and take yeah uh what did you think of uh trevor stefan today you know we talked about him recently on the show i know it's just one inning but yeah he located better i mean yeah. he got out so that was sweaty throw eight pitches so that's what you want I don't know how much of that it's like the Royals just swinging and like, all right, we've been in Cleveland for six days and the season's over, ready to go home. But he didn't throw a lot of pitches. That's, I, th- I think everybody in this game overall just played in a way where you feel like, okay, everyone's in a good spot going into Friday, except for Jimenez. But I'm not putting too much stock into that on their side of things either. But everybody else played in a way where you're like, okay, this, this feels good at least. Everybody feels confident. Yeah, it's going to be, you know, and now, we get the postseason, and if you're a Royals fan, you're waiting for the MLB draft lottery. Like that's that's kind of where it is right now. Uh, for a reminder, the Guardians pick a set. Uh, I'd have to go look. It's like mid low mid twenties, like twenty four, twenty fives probably. But this year now they're doing a lottery, like in hockey, like in the NBA. So you can have a really bad year, like the Nationals, and still not pick first overall. But speaking of things that you can pick or not pick, why don't we pick our one of our favorite sponsors and talk about them right now? And that sponsor would be the good friends over at Bet Online, which I mean, come on, you should know they were our sponsor at the top of the show. Bet Online has you covered. It is your number one source for all football betting info this season and baseball postseason. Find all of the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game you can find. And as always, Bet online remains your continued source for all sports wagering information and live betting and up to the minute scores for every sport out there. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your favorite games and events, including the M- including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to betonline.net or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online where the game starts. Now, if you're curious about their postseason odds, the Rays versus Guardians, Cleveland is. Uh, a negative 130 and Tampa is a plus 110. So I am not the most gambling literate, but I feel like uh, that means that Cleveland's the favorite, right? And the negative means they that are. they're the favorite in the series. Biggest favorite in the opening round is the Mets over the Padres. Uh, Cleveland is the smallest favorite of any of the postseasons over there with our good friends at Bet Online. Okay, let's. Is there anything else we want to get into statistically as we kind of move uh, through segments on the show? Other than today and other stats you brought up. No, I think that, you know, everybody ended you know, in a good place. They did finish uh, short of a 30 home run hitter, like you mentioned. 
I, you know, I haven't done my t- traditional stuff as we've kind of switched over. So let me do my last three stars of the game. Cause I had someone ask where have been the three stars. So Jose Ramirez with four hits, clearly you should get it. Uh, Josh Naylor, I think with two hits and a walk reaching base three times in this game. And then it just, at, I would give it to Savale with the six innings, two earned runs, nine strikeouts. Nice to see the strikeouts. Only one walk, six base runners in six innings is pretty solid. So I feel like, uh, does that seem pretty fair there? Yeah, I think that, that makes a lot of sense. They drove in a run. There's a lot of guys you could have gone with today. Yeah. They, they hit the ball well today. No, today was definitely a positive game. So let's, let's get into something hot button. Uh, let's talk about these weird start times. So I personally am hyper annoyed because I live in Milwaukee. So that means that Friday's game is going to start at 11.07. Now, luckily, my lunch is about 11 o'clock. So I'm going to get to watch live about an inning, inning and a half, and then hope that the game doesn't get ruined for me while I maybe lock myself in my classroom on Friday, stay after school and see if I can watch a, you know, see if my MLB.com or MLB TV stream will work or not. So it's just I, 12.07 on a Friday. Why are they doing this to us, J- uh, Jason? Justin, Why? I, I've never had a co-host, Jason, so I don't know who I'm channeling there. Why are they doing this to us, Justin? Why are they putting a Friday game at 12.07? people got to work like why can't we have two evening games like there's been in the past like when they used to do like tnt and tbs or something like like, you're just denying people the ability to watch these games yeah i don't know why they couldn't have done like a i'm trying to think to the blue jays and mariners they play at four right yeah okay that's four eastern they could have like moved them there's there's that okay so there's a one, a two, a four, or a one, a two, a seven, and an eight, right? It's a well, a 12, a two, a four, and an eight. So why not a six? 12, two, four. Yeah, why not a six? Why not a seven? I mean, if you if you put the Blue Jays on at seven o'clock Eastern, that's four o'clock Eastern for the Mariners. Yeah. If you put Cleveland on at like four o'clock. I mean, even three o'clock would have been better. So for that's Cleveland, the thing, like, to be honest. The Mariners get, you know, in their time zone, that's one. And Phillies Cardinals, guess what? Cardinals, that's a one o'clock start because I guess a 207. Cause it's there. Uh, so maybe that's the reason why that's a two Oh seven instead of a one Oh seven. Cause it's essentially one o'clock central, but yeah, it's just, and why can't they have two games? It's let's be honest. Baseball is not the NBA. It is not the NFL. I, I know this very well. Having covered the sport for so long, if you have the Rays guardians at eight o'clock and the Padres and Mets at eight o'clock, they're not pulling from each other's audience. They're just right. not in this, you know, as you get later into the postseason, it might like when you're talking about, uh, you know, AL, you know, the championship rounds, it would. But when you're talking about the opening round of the playoffs, if my team isn't in, honestly, I'm not traditionally watching these matchups. I'm not tuning it's, it's in. It's all hyper local. Yeah. So it's like them going head to head doesn't hurt you. So why not? And especially because it's like on Saturday, Cleveland, because of football, Cleveland is on, it's a 12 o'clock game. They're on ESPN too. Cause they college football is going to be the higher rating pool anyway. So it's like, you're putting them in a spot where, Hey, congratulations. It's a, a weird time again. And they're going to be going head to head and head to head against college football and losing out. Like it, why even put a game during college football, like central time? Like, why would you do that? I, I don't understand. I, you know, it's over my head. Maybe there's some logic that I, I'm just missing on, but it seems silly to, let's put our playoff games up against college football because we win those matchups. No, you don't. And then let's put 
let's be afraid to match. You're not afraid to go head to head against college football, but you are afraid to go head to head versus yourself. It just doesn't make any sense to me. And then you're inevitably going to get the tweets and the, and the news articles that, Oh, ratings were bad for this game. Uh, when nobody wanted to watch this game. No, you put in a bad time. Like, yeah, ratings are not going to be good for that game compared to other playoff games. But when people come out and say, well, their ratings were bad for this. Well, yeah, look what time you put it on. The one thing you, you could expect? say is I just double checked. Ohio state is a four o'clock time. And part of me wonders if like they were, you know, it, if there was any of that that went into this, like did they intentionally avoid the not go for an non Ohio state clock? Like where the game wouldn't overlap a four o'clock start at all. I don't know what channel that game is on, but that game was a nothing game. Like it's a big 10 game, but Ohio state's going to run over them like a freight train. So that game doesn't have any consequence really. And then, so if they, and then hopefully we're hoping they don't need another game that they'll just win these first two. We'll talk about some of the pitching matchups in segment three. Uh, if they go to Sunday, they, they get their late game at 4.07, which again, I wonder if the one reason that this game is their late game is because the Browns have a one o'clock game. I just right. went and checked that out because I didn't know. So it's like, I do feel like part of this was to avoid a Browns matchup or to avoid an Ohio State matchup, which there is some logic to, but in that case, push the game late. Like, don't put don't put the game at 12.07 to avoid Ohio State. Put them at 8.37 or 737 and Ohio state, you know, that Ohio state game, it's good. Like you said, it's going to be a blowout. So by the time the guardians game start, people will probably flip over. Like they'll still be in a sports mindset. Whereas if you're like someone like me, I've got two kids under five or five and under, I should say 1207 game. It's going to be hard to navigate. And like my daughter actually has a birthday party this weekend because you know, that's what life is. So I got to, I, I'm going to miss Saturday's game. Part of it as well in terms of live, because I have to go out and be a good parent. I, you know, I can't be, I mean, I guess I could be a crappy one and be like, no, I'm sorry. You got to miss your party, but I'm, I'm not going to do that to the kid. But when you put him in the afternoon, it's just sometimes life things occur more than I feel like in the evening. So it's like, I got to work. So Friday's game, I can't catch all of Saturday's game. I got to I got to be, you know, parent life stuff Sunday. I'd be able to watch, but I'm hoping we don't need it. It just, it, personally ticks me off because i you know listen i love being able to do this podcast i love doing it with you you've been a great addition i think everyone agrees but it is kind of my side hustle it's the side thing and as much as i love baseball i'm gonna put my kids first (laughs) i put my occupation so i can help take care of my kids first and from my perspective like lining these games up in a way that for people like me it's like oh well i'm gonna someone who if you know, wouldn't miss these for any other reason, they've managed to line up the few reasons for because of bad time slotting. So that's, I'll just, this is my rant of the day. I'm sure other people will have the same, the same issue too. And you lose a segment of fans and then you have the segment of fans that, you know, have two TV screens and aren't going anywhere. So it balances it out. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. That's the thing anymore. The time, like- the time Saturday is not as bad. Like, yeah, you're going against college football but the people who are going to watch are going to watch. You're not going to get more national eyeballs anyway. The Friday one is, I think Friday one's the worst, not from a TV no, sense. Agreed. Attendance sense. Like Seattle is playing a one o'clock game. You know, they're on the East coast. So Seattle fans are play, getting a one o'clock game, West coast yeah. time, but they're not the host. They're on the road. If yeah. Cleveland was on the road, and they were playing at one o'clock. I could be like, all right, that's fine. Like they're on the road, but you're not giving your, you're not giving your home team a chance to, 
What's that even one? It's, it's 12.07. Like it's right, even yeah, earlier than yeah, one. Yeah, it's like, it's, right. it's weirdly like even earlier, making it even harder. Um, yeah, I, d- it's hard I don't to understand. sell tickets. Yeah, no, it's, it's totally like setting them up to fail. And again, it's like, I think your point is great. Like we all have two TVs anymore and we, like TVs, they're not like when we were both kids where like the thought of moving a TV from one room to another was like, no, I don't want to break. Like we, most of these TVs, we can pick up and move ourselves. Like I can see yours in the background. I bet you could probably move that single-handedly. I don't think, you know, I think I would like, I would have two TVs set up both games going and I'd probably have the sound on depending on the announce crew, like not even depending on the sport, just whoever was announcing who had the good announcers. But yeah, it's, it is something to watch. It is for me again, it's just an annoyance because I'm like, this is like the worst timing possible for me. Like, come on, MLB, you you couldn't set up your schedule to make Jeff's life better. (laughs) I don't want to talk in the third person anymore in that, but like they literally could not have lined this up any worse for me outside of putting it like four in the morning. Like this was some kind of world cup game uh, taking place on the other side of the globe. With that, they didn't. Yeah. But I mean, I feel like maybe they considered it like just with the way they the 12 o'clock time. I'm like, maybe they did consider a random 4 a.m. start time. Let's let's take our break here and come back and do a little bit of the preview, get into pitching matchups. Talk about the injury list for Tampa. I think we have to just kind of almost go down that entire list as another name was added. Uh, So come back for some pre-playoff chatter on today's episode of Locked on Guardians. And we're back. So uh, right after yesterday's show ended, you, was it before it cut off or is it like you messaged me? We got, so before we talk about the new injury, let's just talk about the fact that, okay, Mike Zanino, Brandon Lau, Kevin Kiermeyer. Roman Quinn, Shane Baz, Brandon McKay, Ryan Yarborough, Nick Anderson, Jalen Beeks, JP Fires, and Andrew Kitteridge, Ryan Thompson, and Francisco Mejia, by the way, is now on the paternity list as of mm-hmm. uh, the other day. But another name is added who we didn't even mention on top of all of those names. Since you told me, why don't you alert the fans who were not, who might have missed it? Yeah, I think like 10 seconds after we stopped recording, I noticed that Colin Poche, who is one of their matchup. No, no, I shouldn't say matchup because Louis don't exist anymore. But one of their tough lefties out of the pen. Yeah, he's out with an oblique strain. So they're going to go from three lefties in the pen to two. Although I did see today that Jalen Beeks has a chance to be activated, and they did have Josh Fleming up today, although he got shelled by the Red Sox. But uh, yeah, Poche was a good one, and he's out for the season now. Yeah, it's a beat up bullpen. Like, listen, I appreciate that they got Sean, Sean Armstrong in that pen but he is like the right-handed TJ McFarlane. Like that guy just bounces around because the stuff is good enough to hold on to a 10th or 11th spot, but not good enough to stick. And this is, I think one could argue, you know, I've, I've said that maybe the greatest strength of the guardians is the bullpen and that the bullpen is magnified in what it can do in the postseason. I think that might be their greatest weakness. What do you think? Yeah, I, I have to look at how things have gone in the second half. I, I did an article on it today about what Tampa's strengths are or how they match up against Cleveland's strengths. But I want to say Tampa is like something like 65 and 10 after the seventh inning with a lead or something like that. So when you face like the feet that Pete Fairbanks is like, it's tough. Life is tough after that inning. But um, yeah, I, I, if they're, well, they're a little bit beat I'll, up and I'll, I'll pull some data. Why don't you talk about the pitching matchup since we know those? 
Yeah, game one, not not a surprise. It's going to be the battle of the Shanes. You got Shane Bieber and Shane McClanahan game one. Game two, uh, it looks like Tyler Glass now is going to be stretched out enough to give them length. He went 64 pitches his last time out. So I think he's roughly, if they if they decide to push him, although, you know, it's the Rays, so they, they might do two times to the order max. And then it might be uh, a Kluber, should... uh, like a Glasno-Kluber combo, right? Is that kind of the thought for some? I don't know. I, I think what they'll probably do, if it depends on how the games go. I, I mean, I guess I'll see what happens in game one, because if they lose game one, you know, it's all hands on deck for game two because you got to stay in it. But if they win game one, and it's just a McKenzie versus Tyler Glass now, they have the option to go with Springs or Rasmussen behind because they, they didn't start Rasmussen on uh, Wednesday, the day we're recording this. So mm. he's so available ended up for holding the first him reserve. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so so they, can, they can tan him whoever behind Glass now. And then game three, they haven't announced yet because I'm assuming they'll just see who's available after game two. So in terms of like second half ERA for their bullpen or your FIP, I should say they are tied for 13th with Minnesota. Uh, Not great. It's since this is since July 1st. I went, I just did second half data. Uh, their home run rate is relatively high as well. Um, in terms of home run percentages, they are 10th in the second half. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's, you know, it's because it, they, they had a lot of injuries. K, you know, the K per nine, they're 20th in the second half. Walks per nine. If you want to they drill are, down in uh, September, it's, it's not good either. No, they're 29th. They're the, no, I'm sorry. They're the second best. This went the wrong way on that. So the second best team, they don't walk a lot of guys out of the plan. It's a very Cleveland Lake pen in that regard, but uh, they don't strike out a ton of guys that you give up some home runs. Yeah, if you if you drill on in September, it, it actually does get worse for the Rays. They have the 19th best bullpen ERA, um, 26 this month in terms of offense. And what are they end the season on an 0 and 5 streak too? So mm-hmm. if you believe anything about you know how the season ends is going to you know if they didn't peak at the right time, maybe they can pick things back up. But uh, didn't end on a real on a real strong note um, for sure. So. Oh, yeah, yeah, Tampa's Tampa's sixty-five and ten after leading after seven, but Cleveland is sixty-two and three when leading after seven. I think that's pretty good, right? <laughs> yeah, I think I'll take that. I was kind of curious. I was, you know, based on your last statement, I went and dug up twenty sixteen. How did the Cleveland's? How did how did the Cleveland's close? How did Cleveland close out their year? Uh, funny, funnily enough, their final series was against Tampa, or not Tampa, it was against Kansas City. And Cleveland swept Kansas City in their final three games of 2016, uh, leading into that postseason. Though before that, they had lost two out of three to the Tigers, two out of three to the White Sox, but then had swept Kansas City in the series before that. So they, uh, Kansas City was is the gift that keeps on giving, apparently. But just as a you'll fun, remember that uh, in 16, they needed to sweep Kansas City to host the first round. If they didn't sweep Kansas City, they would have been going to Boston case? in the first round. Oh, see, I'd yeah. forgotten. See, I'd stuff. I we I remember weird things, but like, yeah, I, I, that had slipped my mind. Ninety-four win team that year. I have uh, so much useless stuff in my mind. So it's weird go. what sticks. That's the thing. Like you know, it's <laughs> there's weird things that stick. But yeah, no, it's so we think it's the battle of the chains and game two. It's what Glassnow's only had two starts this year, right? Yeah, the one against Cleveland when been, he came back, and then this past week against Boston. So we'll see. It's I mean that's that's quite the gamble, and then. Springs is lined up for game three. So they didn't punt it as badly as like I originally said yesterday. Um, 
it's you know it, it's a solid pitching staff it's i really really need the guardians to win these first two games <laughs> because i don't like that game three matchup one bit the way it is kind of setting up to go down um <laughs> that's what i was of- thinking earlier today i was like how do you feel about cal Quantrill pitching with this season possibly on the line although if they lose game one Tristan McKenzie's yeah. pitch with the game on the line. That's that part of me that's like, man, like the, the just the the complete lack of logic. As much as I am like the guy who's always like stats, 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 logic, logic, logic. Part of me is like, no, okay. So if they win, if they win game one, they should just have Quantrell pitch in game two, so he can pitch at home because he can't lose at home. And then we have Tristan on the road in game three, as like you know that that, that makes me feel a lot better. Let's just do that. If we win game well, one, that's <laughs> all three games are in Cleveland, so you don't have to worry about. Oh, that's that. right. I. I completely blanked yeah, out on that. Go, but if they, if they, <laughs> and I knew that if from they win in the two, schedule. yeah, if they, if they win in two, does, does Cal Quantrill start game one in New York or is it still Safali? I don't know. Do you want him to not, I, you know, it's like how, how big is when this is probably bad. I don't know. I, I'm very much a, I look at what's in front of me. I knock one thing down, go to the next thing. I'm very much like a domino. You might have this information. Do you, when does round two start? Is it or is it dependent on how long the series is go? No, it, it's Tuesday the eleventh right away. Okay. okay, no matter what happens. So, I think I would go with Quantrell because you just wouldn't want him sitting around. Like, there's that part of me. Yeah. It's like you wouldn't want too much. Like Savali getting an extra day is not the worst thing in the world with his, you know, health issues this year. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I feel I feel good. I like I said. Uh, maybe it's just like I'm not quite as dyed in the wool as I used to be. So I'm not like just a huge ball of nerves now that I cover the team. It's not quite like when you were just a pure fan where you sit there and I'm watching the games and pacing my living room where it's like, I'm just going to enjoy this. Like 2020 was a weird postseason. 2021 was, you know, a <laughs> pretty ugly year. Uh, and then you know, 2019, they missed the postseason. So it's like the first real postseason since 2018. Really? I mean, it, it, so I'm just going to sit back and enjoy it. It's like to steal a line from our owner. I'm going to enjoy it. Um, But yeah, it's like after losing Lindor and Carrasco and so many big players who were there for the last run, I'm just kind of looking forward to just having postseason baseball. It's like, especially if they win, I'm probably going to be using my MLB account to like rewatch these games a few times just to enjoy it. Uh, maybe if, after the st- sting is worn off, I might even do that if they have a loss just because it's, it's postseason baseball is fun. You're going to have to enjoy it on record because the game started noon. So. Yes. <laughs> I am on a tape delay. Uh, if you want to be a real jerk, go ahead and uh, put the scores in my Twitter uh, messages and I might run across them. But uh, honestly, I'm, I'm, I'm not the biggest uh, constant user of Twitter. So you might not even be able to catch me that way, but you know, it's, it, it that is a frustration for me. Like I can, I remember the excitement of when this, these teams first started to get good when I was what, let's see. So 94 is the lockout 95 I was in eighth grade and like the joy of coming home and like might have been more when I was in high school but like Bob Euchre being part of the announce crew like that's a distinct memory of watching a playoff game with Bob Euchre on the announce crew and it's like having those kind of afternoon games was fun for that but it was like late afternoon these early ones on a Friday that's not for me 
Oh, last memory I have of a, of a day game for Cleveland baseball when I was a kid was ironically 2001 was Jamie Moyer shutting down the uh, the then Indians uh, on a, I don't know, it was like a Tuesday afternoon or something in Seattle. I had just gone out of school and that was it. That was the end of the, of the dynasty that never was. No. Yeah. It's like, you know, I just have those, like, I remember watching like the, the Pedro Martinez perfect game in my grandmother's solarium and just uh, watching them blow that series. And then he comes out like, it's those weird memories that stick. Like, I remember that, you know, I remember missing one of the, well, listening to the playoff game on a radio one year must've been in like, must've been one of the ones in 97 when I was like doing my driving for like to get my license. Like it, it's funny what, again, what sticks with you, what you remember. I, I couldn't tell you what game that was I listened to, but like, that's a distinct memory is listening to a game uh, while this grizzled older gentleman is like alternating, like turn right, turn left, go here, stop. I got to go get some smokes. Like, you know, I remember things that just don't happen anymore. I don't think anyone's going to experience their driving instructor smoking a pack in the car <laughs> with them. Like that's just, that's, that's a bygone age. I'm not saying it was a better age by any means, but just a different time for baseball. Um, any final thoughts before we wrap this one up and put it to bed? No, just like I said, for what you can take it for, they played well. They played their style of baseball on Friday and uh, or on, on Wednesday, and you hope it carries to Friday. That's that's about all you can hope for. And I'm sure the advanced scouts will be ready with tons of information, and I'm ready to be nervous. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to make it sound like I don't care. I definitely care. I'm going to be annoyed. I'm going to be mad. I will have some pacing. It's not quite the, I'm not going to make myself sick anymore. Is more the difference. Like now I can enjoy the games without sickness, but yeah, I just, I find this to be such a fun team. I'm just going to have fun enjoying extra baseball and like meaningful baseball. I've, I, I know it's, like I said, it's only been a few years, but I've missed meaningful baseball. Yeah. I work from home during the day and I'll have the game on, but my employers probably aren't listening to this. I'm sure I'll be paying <laughs> Quite, quite a lot of attention to the television <laughs> while I work Friday. Uh, there's that part of me. It's like, can I make this a math lesson with my students and just we'll watch the game? Like I had some teachers last year who put on the NCAA tournament in the district I was in. I'm like, I get away with baseball. I wonder uh, if I can, it might occur. So we'll see. But uh, I want to thank everyone for listening. Remember, rate and review, download daily. Please subscribe on YouTube. Help us get another, another monetary stream going it's huge for a little podcast like this. We were top 10 the last two weeks in the entire MLB network for Locked On in terms of watches. So thank you all who are taking part. And how I end every show, go, go, Guardians, go.